Hello everyone, Loremaster of Sotek here, back with another episode of Lorebeards, and we have a super special episode that I'm extremely excited about, because it's actually been a really long time in the making, uh, which is, not only are we, of course, as I'm sure you imagined, going to be talking about Chaos Dwarfs, but we kind of have a main focus for this on some world-building stuff around Warhammer Fantasy languages, uh, which is something that, for those who kind of like to really get into the deep cuts of Warhammer, there is a surprising amount of information. Uh, if you go back to, like, 6th and 7th edition especially, Games Workshop was pretty fond of publishing little, like, lexicons in certain army books uh, that would come with various, like, notes on grammatical rules and stuff. Uh, the most famous of these was the the Kozalid lexicon because it got really in depth uh, especially in the black library books it was like a whole chunk of the uh, end of the book but uh, we're gonna be talking a lot about languages because uh, Andy Hall has revealed uh, not too long ago um, that the we have a new language that we're gonna talk about but yes let's welcome Andy Hall the one the only the man the myth the legend uh someone who I've been super privileged to speak with a couple times uh whose work we all have come to completely fall in love with um Andy how are you doing good sir I'm doing very well I'm really excited uh at the time of recording I've noticed that the streams of cast also going out and you know everyone seems very excited about it yeah, I man, I know that's literally exactly what I'm gonna do. Like as soon as, as soon as we're done here, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat a sandwich and then I'm jumping straight and I think into some uh, 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 Drazowat stuff. But uh, so let's not waste any time. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and just hit a couple of little few little questions. Uh, I've managed to pin up kind of about some of the more uh, non chaos or phrases. Uh, we only have a small handful of those, and then we're just gonna go full Dawizar mode. So are you all set, ready to get started? I am. I will answer to the best of my ability. Uh, you know, I, uh, I am not a walking encyclopedia of Warhammer lore. Uh, I I try to be, but I'm only human. <laughs> True, so, you are um, quite the exceptional human. <laughs> You've done a lot of really amazing stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, exceptional human is, is a label that uh, hasn't been used about me a lot of times, so thank you very much for that. <laughs> well, then it's been uh, then they don't know what they're talking about then, because <laughs> I feel confident in applying it here. All right, well, so thank you. I'll, um... I'll remind my wife to call me that. <laughs> okay, well I, I can't promise how that's going to go, but. <laughs> So uh, one of the first ones I wanted to ask about is in the Total War 2, one of the really exciting things that we saw is uh, Creative Assembly decided to have uh, the Lizardmen not really speak English at all. Um, they speak Saurian, and uh, we kind of see all these different little dialects among the different subspecies, where with the skinks, we get like these large vocabularies, and they're using, they speak quite a bit, uh, especially in like those legendary lord speeches. And then when you get to the Saurus characters, they speak considerably less words to convey kind of more military meanings. But then we even get down to the Croxagors uh, with Nakai, who has some of the most hilarious speeches in the game because they're very kind of one note um rumblings more than anything else that convey very simple ideas um would you be able to kind of elaborate for us how do you have kind of like a single language but it breaks down these different ways uh, among the lizardmen kind of subspecies between like skink saurus and croxagore yeah i mean i mean when games workshop kind of says oh there's uh, why my world's full of languages and here's some lexicons and everything um they obviously um they're just putting it in the book they they, they don't think much beyond that because they don't have mm, to right you know 
it's a tabletop game. Um, there's some cool. Here's some cool background uh, about a lexicon and and maybe the name of the language. Uh, when you come to adapting a, a video game, which is obviously a, a multimedia experience, um, yeah, a, a little bit more thought uh, and depth has to has to has to go into that, <laughs> um, especially with kind of the audio. And now there's more and more uh, Warhammer video games. Uh, other people are kind of also coming out from from mm. more of a multimedia angle. Even Games Workshop themselves, uh, from when I I kind of left left those guys ooh, coming up for, for 10 years ago now um so yeah going back to the, the meat of your question um what we have to do is is kind of have to expand on that and find out what all these creatures sound like uh and and with the lizardmen um there was definitely kind of a desire um to, to kind of delve into into that language we we touched on the language uh with the dwarfs which i'm sure we'll come come back to later mm-hmm. on in, in warhammer one uh and what we did there was pretty much have them speak english um but uh, use some key casalid phrases that, to kind of reference the fact where the 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 lizardmen were certainly um well, actually yeah they, they were kind of building on on what we'd done with the with the beastmen mm-hmm. uh that was obviously the first DLC, and, we, and that was the first time we went kind of all non-English, um, and, and it, it, it kind of worked very well with these more bestial kind of creatures, uh, the less kind of hum, humanish uh, creatures, which you could argue that um, kind of elves and dwarfs are. Uh, so, so yeah, what we wanted to do with the with the Saurian were, were, was kind of really kind of show that the Lizardmen were very different to kind of these uh, these kind of humanish uh uh or human like races um and what we also wanted to do was 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 certainly go in the direction of of having the skinks be be almost the most adapt because you know we found that they're, they're almost like little scribes mm-hmm. uh they're, they're servants to the old uh, servants to the slan um where where the um the saurus themselves were very much more militaristic um so to be honest it wasn't as complicated as as you probably think it we had the saurian lexicon that we first found uh in in the um in the army book uh and then we started to expand on that kind of mirroring the words uh, and the commands we knew we would need and the and the campaign box that we wanted. So we started right. to fill that in. Uh, uh, and then, uh, you know, it's as I, I was writing, writing uh, the, the, those initial Warhammer, Warhammer 2 scripts, it, it just it kind of became obvious, that, you know, that, that, that the skinks would be more wordy than, mm. than the... Um, than the Saurus, who who would have, you know, a much more, a much not a smaller vocabulary because they're not stupid, right. um, but they're just more direct to the point. You know, like British Army soldiers or, or, or American Army soldiers. You know, just you know, say the words, get it done, go out there. Where the Croc score themselves would probably be slightly more kind of beast of burden like, 
uh, and therefore they had a, a, a deliberately uh, eliminate. I think we even did siphon off um, some words in the spreadsheet okay. that only they could use, and, and and it was much more monosyllabic. Uh, and then obviously later writers have come on and and and, and kind of built that out as we got more and more kind of uh, Lisbon DLC. Awesome. Sorry, that's a really long-winded. <laughs> no, no, that's great. That you know, that's the kind of like nitty-gritty stuff we love to hear about. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, I love that. I really love the idea of using, and that makes a lot of sense too. Of like, okay, we've got these like pillars established in like the old Lizardman books. So using those kind of as branching points of, okay, if we need to convey this sentence, we know this word, this word, this word, and then kind of, you know, filling in the gaps as needed. Um, it's very yeah. Clever. We had some some really basic grammatical rules really I, I mean what you want is the player to kind of start passing it themselves and grasping what you're doing so there's no point in having a massively complicated syntax and grammatical structure um because you know you're, you're effectively um writing curated gibberish right <laughs> <laughs> so, so you want to use consistent noises and sounds and, and 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 words you know this means attack this means aggression uh so the player you know almost subconsciously by playing eight nine ten hours with the lizardman gets to learn those noises themselves even even if they're not doing it kind of deliberately right mm. and, and, and I, I would say y'all were very that learning I would say y'all are very successful considering how many people like to shout balk, balk about things uh, <laughs> nowadays. Um, so if it turns into a meme, that's yeah, hey, even a, better. Yes, uh, uh, maybe we'll see that uh, later on with, uh, with Zara. I Zara's absolutely think we will. Um, so speaking of kind of chaos dwarves, and you mentioned earlier, uh, the Beastmen were a really exciting thing for a lot of lore people because they were actually the first of the, like, not going to speak English races, uh, speaking a fantasy language, mm. where we had Dark yeah. Tongue arrive for the first time uh, back in Warhammer 1. And uh, Dark Tongue is like a really elaborate uh, language compared to a lot of the other languages. Uh, even back in like the older days of fantasy, it had like a fairly complex lexicon. Um, but one of the things that I've kind of always wondered about and uh, hear people talk about is we kind of get mentions of how I think there was even an interview with uh, with you or I can't remember who it was, but uh, back in the days of the Beastmen about how the Beastmen speak Dark Tongue a little weirdly because with their the way their mouths are shaped, they kind of have to use certain uh, elaborations to get it out. Um, but uh, Dark Tongue is so interesting because it, it kind of covers a lot of bases, right? It's like demons yeah. speak Dark Tongue, and so do the Warriors of Chaos, and so do the Beastmen and stuff like that. Um, how is Dark Tongue, like, as far as a language goes, how is it able to kind of exist so easily between all these different races? Like, when Beastmen are talking, how is it that the demons really understand what they're saying, as well as, like, the Warriors of Chaos, etc.? Um, I mean... Beastmen technically speak beast tongue, which is like a derivative of dark tongue. Mm. So, uh, because obviously they have a different kind of mouth shapes, so so it almost beast beast tongue is is more of a you know a, again a bit not too dissimilar from kind of what we did with the Croxy Gauls. Right. It, it, it's very it's it's a it, it's certainly a, a version of dark tongue, but it's more bestial. Uh, it's more. It, cuts out a lot of syllables uh and it, and it kind of suits their their kind of tongue structure and their society and how they 
kind of talk to each other, mm. you know, not just with vocal signs, but with grunts, um, you know, even scents, uh, I would imagine, um, uh, and, and, and kind of actions, you know, uh, anyone yeah, I'm sure, like this? stomping their hooves around in certain ways, exactly. and, yeah, um, waving their horns, all sorts of stuff. I remember Phil Kelly telling me, um, because he, he wrote the uh, the latest Beastman book before, obviously, uh, I think it was technically a seventh edition book. Yeah. Uh, he says, I've used the word rutting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so rutting and, and grinding, uh, uh, the hooves on the ground, stamping, uh, 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 as, uh, as well as kind of that, this bestial basic language. Um, and... And that all comes from kind of dark tongue, and even like Skaven, even Queekish is foundational in dark tongue. Mm. Um, interestingly, even Elfarin, um, there's some key words because dark tongue is, is is the language of magic. So, so you'll a surprising amount of words in Elfarin, the language of the elves. Um, obviously, as magic users, they they use some key key phrases, uh, and that's even found uh, in in kind of when human spell casts and obviously the right pipes of yeah, magic kind of, and foundational now, language mm. exactly and that goes through into age of sigma now all the realms mm. are obviously kind of named after this these effectively chaos uh, the chaos language um so yeah so you got skaven and 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 the beastmen using a more kind of guttural base form i i, I would imagine um kind of chaos mortals or mortals that worship chaos i can imagine it's dark tongue kind of mixed in with a bit of reichspiel um i imagine those northmen probably have like their own kind of dialect right but certainly heavily influenced by dark tongue uh, and then also influenced by reichspiel because you know the empire's just across the water they have a lot of nobles and other mm-hmm. Idiots, yeah. let's say, who, who, who migrate north when they, you know, throw off the shackles of Sigmar and 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 follow their their paths of damnation and head north. So I can imagine that influencing it. Uh, and then then you have the demons themselves, and 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 kind of, I, I would imagine Dark Tongue. In fact, Dark Tongue does come from the language of the demons. I, I don't know what that is exactly called, even if it has a. A separate name mm. but i can imagine the the demons themselves probably you know once, once they're in the realm of chaos they maybe don't even need to kind of vocalize or speak it they right. just instantly communicate yeah, kind of probably weird reality splitting kind of crazy stuff going on yeah yeah but you know even in warhammer 3 when we started talking about the the demons and how we was going to vocalize them uh it, very much i i want wanted the you know all the horrors uh all the zentian demons to speak kind of dark tongue or the or kind of slightly higher level of it um effectively speaking mm. the magic language uh to define them against you know uh, the blood letters which were just kind of growly right. would you I, I, yeah, I think if you actually mess around with the the zinch units they do actually throw out various phrases um, and like it, it sounds do, like gibberish, yeah. but it's it's nope. <laughs> They're actually communicating oh, some it's ideas. It's curated gibberish. It is yeah, gibberish. It's specific gibberish. That uh, I, I spent a, a silly amount of time doing, but you know this this all hits our authenticity pillar, uh, right? Which, you know, hopefully puts total war um, 
where it should be. Uh, I, I would say it does. I'm a fantasy. But pe- people make uh, accuse me of being biased. But <laughs> uh, so sorry, another really rambly answer. No, hey, that's exactly what we're here for. So please don't apologize by any means of the imagination. You can be as rambly or as blunt about it as you wish. Um, so one thing you kind of mentioned in that uh, was bringing up. Uh, we you know we talked a little bit about the language language of the elves being Eltharin. Um of course, Eltharin has kind of always been a bit of a wibbly wobbly language because it's so closely tied to that, like that true language of magic, uh, mm. the, like Magista Pretentia or whatever the hell they call it. Um, it's got some fancy word. But um, one of the things that's really interesting about the elves is that of kind of like the quote unquote civilized races, um, obviously we know a lot about a lot of the human languages because they draw very heavily from the languages of our world. Um, mm. or, you know, like a lot of English, but also, you know, it's like, oh, the Bretonians speak French and, uh, Tulane speak Italian and Stallions speak Spanish or something close to that. Um, but, uh, you know, we have a lot on Kozilid. We have a lot on Kozilid. Um, but Eltharin has always kind of been a little mysterious. Like, uh, some of the prior books, like they'll give you like symbols and be like, oh, this symbol means like this, 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 like it can stand for all these different ideas. Um, uh, but there's never really seemed to be like an actual functioning lexicon for it. Um, is there any kind of like information y'all sort of have in the background when it comes to Eltharin as a language? I mean, other than... You know, those words that are kind of almost shared universally, and even more so uh, since the Age of Sigmar, because they've really put that as a foundational part of the Age of Sigmar IP. Uh, I know Thomas Pirion did uh, kind of a lot of work uh, when he kind of wrote like Sixth Edition, kind of dating Mm. what previously been written by Rick Priestley and, and, and stuff. But there isn't that much to go on, and, and and that's one of the reasons we didn't go full on for like on in Drew here or, or kind of Tar Elfarin uh, in Warhammer Two. Uh, also, also you, you get to a point if everyone's speaking a different language, the game just becomes a complete right. mishmash and totally un, unintelligible for for people. And you know, obviously, we want to bring new players in and. And you know, make sure there is there is a root basis. So probably only having one race speak a completely, um, uh, you know, made up language uh, is tolerable. You, you know, you want you want especially people you know coming in. They're probably going to play high elves as the first one. You, you you want them to be able to get that character across of these kind of pompous uppity elves. Right. Um. And and that that is I'll be totally honest with you. One of the, the slight downfalls of of using a kind of made-up language is you can miss some of the subtleties mm-hmm. uh just speaking plain english you know you know does um i'm hopefully we've kind of navigated that with the chaos dwarfs and you, you still get like the, the the different characters of you know drazov being the young upstart and and uh zatan being this sadistic general um and not, you don't just all hear angry evil dwarf uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, sorry, I'm spinning back. Um, yeah, I, I, it's because there was pretty much not much to go on. That that's kind of why we had the elves kind of speak English because uh, obviously the mix of the uh, of Warhammer Two, uh, we didn't want to kind of just throw it all in, in into kind of right. Well, I I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I could see people being like, why are the L like, why do the high elves speak English? But like, if the wood elves were speaking something totally different, which I mean, they kind of do with the forest spirits. 
Um, so that's actually y'all kind of found a clever way around that. <laughs> yeah, uh, where we yeah. got like the trees yelling right. at us, but <laughs> yeah. Right. Again, look, I think it suits the more alien-looking the race, the more right. disconnected it is from what we are. You know, uh, kind of with skin, eyes, teeth. Uh, right. the, the more you can justify, kind of the crazier ways of, of communicating. I, I, I mean, also just like I said, from a practical level, there wasn't actually much. Uh, to go on, where uh, you know when Rick first wrote those those dwarf books, he he, he loved the dwarf language. He mm. loved dwarfs, so he. Um, so what I'm hearing is he, Rick he doesn't wrote a lot of glossary. <laughs> well, I, I I couldn't tell you. I can't speak for Rick. Um, I just know he he enjoyed writing a, a, a very creative yeah. lexicon uh, for Kazalid. So 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 awesome. we kind of ran with right. that. So I got one last non-Chaos Dwarf question, and then we're, we're going full into the, the fires of Zar here. Um, so, and it's kind of related. So let's talk Greenskins for just a second, because Greenskins are probably the most amusing as far as, like, they technic they have this weird space where, like, it's implied they don't actually speak Reichspiel, but whenever we, under whenever we hear them speak in Warhammer, they always have that hilarious accent. Um, you know, where they just sound like almost like the most offensive version someone could do trying to emulate a British accent from another Ooh. part of the world. <laughs> um, and like, that's how they understand one another. That's not really how like, but there have been like various scenes throughout like the lore where someone else like will switch perspectives and that character hears a very different thing coming out of Ooh. them of like this so-called goblin tongue. Um, is there any information about like what goblin tongue actually is like, as far as like, does it have like a kind of traditional name or is it just like goblin tongue deal with it <laughs> i have a vague memory of uh when when matt was doing matt ward was, was doing uh either the seventh edition goblin army book that we may be talking about calling it scraglash hmm. uh but i don't think that's written down anywhere um scraglash uh, hmm. maybe this is me I mean, reaching it back sounds goblin-y, but yeah. Um, but again, you don't want to create a language for them that robs them of of the character. And Games Workshop uh, and Warhammer kind of greenskins in particular have have a very distinctive characterization. Oh yeah, I think I think them speaking evolved. English is pretty critical to their personality. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So so we probably. Um, didn't want to go too far down that route at that point and, and and certainly uh when we came to adapt them in total war we weren't going to create this whole language room when everyone is it's read like a green skin book knows they they speak um southern english but very specifically uh they they are millwall fans uh the millwall, <laughs> football. So, millwall bushwhackers was was the firm hmm. uh uh so when i say firm i mean uh kind of uh, well, there'll be plenty of people in the audience that know what an f- English football firm is uh, and that, that's kind of the hooligan organ- underground organisation uh, that follow the, follow the team uh, and basically have a rook uh, on, a, on a Saturday lunchtime leading up to the match uh, on, and going back to the train station uh, and I, I know Rick was very much like uh, dwarfs are Yorkshire miners and orcs and goblins are southern Lon- south london football hooligans uh probably from <laughs> millwall amazing uh, <laughs> uh 
so yeah, so th that's where we got to with the orc language. So and and, and you but know. They, they work so well. <laughs> they genuinely they work so well. Um, I, I honestly think the green skins of the Warhammer IP are probably like some of the most famous uh, fantasy critters, like in just fantasy IPs in general. They're so iconic. Uh, yeah, but... yeah. Well, orcs are green because of Games Workshop Warhammer yep. orcs. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was very much um, Dave Andrews that first painted uh, his orc army green, and that that term green skins. Okay, before that. You know, this we're talking like the mid '80s, mid to early '80s. Before that, orcs were very much of the Tolkien bent, and were like, you know, brown-skinned and and, mm -hmm. uh, and like that. But then they painted his green, and that kind of has stuck. And you've seen that in many other IPs ever since. Yes, I'm so glad. Uh, it's 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 cool to have that kind of origin uh, existing in Warhammer. All right, so now let's get into the meat of why we're here. So the Chaos Dwarfs. Um, early access, the, the gates have finally opened. Everyone's running around crazy, devouring probably as much information as they can get their greedy paws on right now. Uh, a lot of followers of the God of Greed <laughs> are getting initiated today. Um, so we have, uh, kind of a list of questions to go over with the Chaos Dwarves. Um, so one of the, th uh, we have a, a little short list I want to get into of uh, questions that have come up more from the community that I've kind of seen being thrown around. Uh, one of them, uh, which I know I've talked about extensively uh, with my community, but has been going on a lot with the wider community. Why are Chaos Dwarf captives uh, not being called uh, slaves anymore? They're now they're now going by the term uh, laborers, which seems almost like kind of a PR stunt by the Chaos Dwarfs. You could call it that. <laughs> um, there's two broad reasons. Uh, I mean, the first we already have slave mechanics, right? Uh, with the dark elves, um, uh, and the second, and this kind of comes from Sean, who, who I'm sure you've talked to, and uh, he, he's he, he kind of masterminded uh, the cast dwarf. He was the game, effectively the the the, the project lead on this, um, uh, and it was such a great take. It is that you know, dark elves, the word slaves employs like a toy something to torture and thing where chaos dwarfs don't think like that they 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 see captives as raw materials their mm. labor you know it's almost you know it, it's deliberately not something to play with they don't these don't even rise in in their esteem that far you know right. they're not there to torment they're there to put to work they're laborers um and, and and so it's kind of kind of that reason really we we you know we we wanted clarification of game game terms you know we we don't want to kind of repeat ourselves with all the different factions especially as we go further and further into asynchronous design uh, and thematically um you know we like the thought that cast dwarfs you know they don't see these things as something to toy or play with or or delighting it's it purely that's coal that's quarry stuff and that's labor you know it's all the same to them it's all material to use right which i i really like that idea of you know a lot of people ask about the differences between the dark elves and the chaos dwarves of that like to the dark elves like yeah sure you're a life but you exist for fun you know you're you're you're, you're food to be played with for, for the chaos dwarves it's not it's purely business your your suffering it is, is it's a byproduct. It's not the point. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, it, it doesn't even rise in that their esteem that far. You know, right. to, to say you're a slave or something it actually implies some kind of caring. I care what yeah, you think. Yeah, I, I have to bring like, you like, down yeah. to the level of that, but yeah, yeah. Chaos Horse is like, nah, you're not even. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, there's there's grass, there's there's trees, there's laborers. You right. know, it's all um, <laughs> resource. It's all resource. So uh, another question that came up uh, as far as just people wanting to ask about, especially like people that are kind of like old book fans and stuff, does the Lamasu actually talk? Because they, they've kind it of was, been known to like, you know, they, they cast magic. So it's like it's implied they speak at people. Yeah, I mean, the law's quite, quite distinct. Uh, and, you know, I, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, um, I don't want to say a tussle. Um, but, you know, <laughs> me, myself and Rich, uh, Mr. Eldridge, uh, we were very strongly that, that, that we wanted the Lamasu to talk um, um, because... You know, it's very clear in the IP they they talk. They they're even been known to taunt their riders and 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 mm. lure them off their backs so they can <laughs> you know yeah. destroy or eat them or consume them. Um, so yeah, they don't get a full script, um, but you can certainly hear them kind of you know talking in in Zarazalid, uh to their masters or to, to the situation. So keep an eye out for that. Awesome. Uh, and the last little kind of like community-based question we have is, I, I, and I've seen some a little bit of confusion about this. There are people asking, okay, is it Dawizar or is it Drathzar? Which is it? It's both. Right. So, so <laughs> the Chaos Dwarfs call themselves, you know, Uzkul Drathzar. Uh, you know, that's, that's on sentence one in, in Tamakan. Uh, mm -hmm. Yep. Um, uh, and, and, they call themselves, you know, Uzkul Drafsar or Drafsar or just Drafs. Um, sounds like giraffe when I say it. <laughs> Draft. No, uh, you know, everyone else, dwarfs especially, call them Dawizar. So, so don't worry. If you want to carry on calling them Dawizar, you are perfectly right uh, and entitled to do so. Uh, oh, the cast dwarfs also call them Frundar as well, as, as we know, which is like a despicable insult you know you frundar yep <laughs> uh, traitorous dwarf or or dowies are um so yeah both both are relevant but the cast dwarfs call themselves draft or drafts are mm. or was called draftsar if they're being really posh so yeah so if you were speaking to a chaos dwarf you probably wouldn't want to call him a dowies are to his face <laughs> no, <laughs> you wouldn't appreciate no. it <laughs> no be like calling me a limey i guess <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's get into Zerazalid itself. Uh, very exciting. For those who don't know, Zerazalid didn't really have much of uh, a focus. Like it's, it's always been kind of like touched at that. Like when Chaos Horse would talk, they didn't speak real Kozalid. They spoke something adjacent, but it's never really been dived into. Whereas now it's been dived into. In fact, it didn't even have a name uh, leading up to this, but uh, this new tongue, uh, Zerazalid or Fire Tongue of the Dwarfs. Um, it does definitely bear a lot of similarities to Kozalid, but what all kind of went into creating this? Um, I mean, first was the decision to to create it, and I, again, there was a there was a lot of kind of talk and and also prototyping uh, uh, by myself, uh, you know, with with like with Sean and Rich. Um, 
and the audio team. It's like, did we even want it? Um, because we knew it existed. Um, and Games Workshop were uh, uh, handlers at Workshop, mm. uh, a, li- a licensing team, great bunch of guys. Uh, they, they they were happy for us to try it out. But obviously, there's a cost implication there. Uh, right. Um, rather than just writing English, because you've got to create the lexicon, you've got to make sure it works. It's going to take me a lot of time to do. Uh, and then I've got to train all the other writers that are coming onto the project. So... But we, we thought it was it was going to be worth it in the end, and I think the results. Uh, and and you know, once we handed those scripts over to to, to the audio team, uh, Dan Sterling, who, who kind of recorded pretty much all of the 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 actors uh, and the actors themselves did it did a brilliant job in mm-hmm. kind of bringing that bringing that about. Yeah, and it um, it sounds incredible. Uh, you could say the results speak for themselves. Haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> But again, it, it's that fine line between, you know, it, it is gibberish, uh, and uh, people go, well, "Why don't you just get an actor to stand up on the microphone and just go blah 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 blah?" But it, it's curated gibberish. Everything's been written, and there is meaning behind every word they right. say. Well, it's got it's got uh, to sound uh, like it's got to sound planned <laughs> at the very least. Exactly, you know? exactly, exactly. Uh, so, um, as far as like Kozalid which is, I guess you could say is kind of the base tongue for Zarazalid being that they were dwarfs, they spoke Kozalid, and then it changed. What would you say are kind of the main differences between Kozalid and Zarazalid? Um, yeah, absolutely. When I kind of planned it, you know, I was always going to use Kozalid as the base because th- these guys were once dwarfs. These guys were just normal dwarfs at one point, mm. uh, and they just they just decided to go east. Uh, and and they kept going east, and they they obviously got separated, uh, and and they they lost the faith of the ancestor gods, or they lost faith in the ancestor gods, uh, whichever way you look at it, which has left them quite bitter. Right uh, about that, uh, as you'll see if you play the narrative campaign in 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 the Realm of Chaos map, um, and 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 so this separation of you know, as, as the law has its centuries, it, it just made sense that, that they would then start to define their own their own language and, and build on that. And I, I, I think what we, we kind of thought, obviously we used Kazalid as a base, but uh, I, I, I we started to, well, I, I started to bring in a, um, a, a lot of words uh, from Arcadian. Um, oh, okay. So, so... Uh, Akkadian, it's a it's it's a, it's a real world language. It's it's um, pretty much extinct now. Mm-hmm. So I, I read up a, a lot of a kind of Arcadian, which is is kind of in those kind of prototype Persian languages. It's slightly Babylonian in style because obviously, it doing the whole kind of real world template. That's kind right. of where the chaos dwarfs are in that in um it if you were to transplant them to, to real earth. So it just, um, just made sense to kind of tap into that, 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 that feel. Uh, so, so we used, uh, we used a lot of Arcadian. Uh, so it's a mixture of kind of Kazalid, Arcadian, uh, and, and, uh, and Dark Tongue as well. Mm. They're, they're, they're talking to demons. They're fashioning, they're, they're binding demons. They're right. literally taking, so uh, you know, and uh, as we know, in Warhammer Law, you, you, to bind a demon, you need to know its name. 
Right. Uh, so you, so you, you, you got to be able to speak them. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's kind of a, a mixture of all these, all these kind of free, kind of languages. Two of which are total fictional, but one has a very one which was a very much a real world language. You know, awesome. thank God for YouTube. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, kind of going with that, uh, I would assume, but I'm, uh, but it'd be good to hear any uh, notes from you about it. When the dwarves and the chaos dwarves are presumably shouting at one another in anger across the battlefield, uh, would it be safe to say that they can understand one another? Though I imagine there might be a little bit of difficulty. Um, like, is, is there any kind of like in your head? What's like to the extent they could hold a conversation? I think, I think they can. I, I, I pretty much agree with your take. I, I think, uh, they'd be able to. Like, if, for instance, I watched uh, an ancient in English person speak, uh, mm. and again, you can kind of find find those kind of in investigations on YouTube, I, you know, I, an English person or a British person from, like, the, the 12th, 13th century, it's almost a different language at the, right. to modern English, but you can pick it out and you can get the gist of it. And, again, if you think that effectively the 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 western dwarfs are, are talking uh what the cast dwarfs would perceive as as kind of an ancient language to them right. at this point uh or a backward language <laughs> an outdated uh, inferior yeah. tongue yeah <laughs> um, inferior perfect yeah, <laughs> yeah outdated inferior uh so they would definitely get the gist um but you know they're also, you know, intelligent, and it's probably in their interest to learn that language. And it's just like, you know, I, I saw Prince Charles on TV the other day speaking flawless German because he was in Germany mm. uh, on a state visit. So, you know, these people probably it's in their interest to to know, to understand your enemies and, and how they talk, uh, whatever, whatever passes for diplomacy between these two races right well i'm uh, i'm sure days. it would not be surprising that like especially the sorcerer prophets or the more learned chaos dwarfs know like the old the old tongue just purely yeah. out of spite for the so Absolutely. they can they can make sure all of their barbs are delivered perfectly yeah. <laughs> like going back to our earlier point about how you know Unlike the dark elves, which do take joy in in and in, in being evil, spiteful, malignant, and the cast dwarfs just seeing everything as a resource. The, the the one exception is is the dwarfs, right? You know, they absolutely take. Yeah, then joy. it's personal. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. You know, uh, they hate them. You know. So they, awesome. So, um, something you said earlier that I uh, kind of just want to touch on a little more. Um, uh, you mentioned kind of how, like, well, you know, the Chaos Dwarves started developing their own tongue, uh, and a lot of that revolved around the demon smithing, uh, where it's like, you can't just, like, if you're going to bind demons and force them to do what you want, true names are very important, and demon names are weird. Uh, we we There's actually some very well-developed lore about it, but they're like, you know, like, Kugoth Plaguefather, that's like an epithet, that's not his actual name. His name is something way weirder, um, yes. that has a lot more syllables. Um, so what Loads is, more syllables and... Yeah, and I would, <laughs> I, would, I would guess that it was kind of like Hashit's influence, teaching them the art of demon binding. Would it be safe to say that's what drove them to kind of create Zarazalid? Of like this influence being like, all right, if you want to, you know, use my wisdom uh, in order to make more powerful weapons and tools and stuff, 
you gotta things are gonna have to adjust here i think i don't think language creation is ever that deliberate right from when you're doing it for a bloody computer game uh, <laughs> I, I, language evolves doesn't it uh, uh so I, I i i think at whatever point they they, they kind of cast off uh, their worship of the ancestor gods uh, and, and embraced Hashut, and he then taught them uh, through prophecy or however the kind of names of demons and, and, and the basics of Dark Tongue. And I think that would then filter through in, into whatever state Kazalid was at that point. Um, you know that they'll, they'll stop talking. Uh, you know to to whatever labourer get me get me this or get me that, and mm. that would and use that and then and then it would start trickling down uh, and and kind of into the pool of words that they use uh, and, and you know just like real world languages right. and they would adapt and 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 form whatever the modern version of Zara Zarazalid is uh, at the moment okay awesome uh so speaking uh, a little bit about that kind of lexicon are there any kind of highlights you can give us about Zarazalid some maybe like key phrases or notable words uh that have some like like this is this is something you're definitely going to hear uh extensively about or some of the like maybe the rules behind it if there's anything there that kind of jumps out at you yeah i think you'll hear domitash a lot which means to dominate draz um means dark or darkness Dunskull mm. Kai uh, is demon smith Dunskull is, is kind of demon okay um, I, I, again and I, I, we had kind of like a an unofficial kind of kind of uh, a rule of thumb that you know every every 10 to 15 words an English word would be in there mm. just to give you an anchor point <laughs> absolutely an anchor yeah. point so, like, Holtaz means stop, for instance. Um, Holtaz. <laughs> uh, means, means short. Uh, just just so people can go, oh, I think I think that was Holt. Uh, mm. <laughs> um, so, while that's kind of not a law reason, it, it was just a kind of a practical reason to, to, um, to awesome. like you say. Right. Um, so kind of a kind of a bit of a personal question uh but uh, i know that i've spoken to some people who would love this has so with kind of like uh, the little bit of the rules you talked about with uh looking at these older languages from our world kind of these like ancient languages that are related back to like uh, babylon and stuff um and mixing in some dark tongue uh, is there any hope of you kind of releasing some of your cheat sheet notes at some point uh for people that like maybe want to use fire tongue for their own little personal fan writings or uh, Warhammer roleplay campaign type things? I think, I, I think so. I, I, there's certainly no reason why we wouldn't. Uh, it, it's purely a resource thing, really, um, because it, it exists on lots of spreadsheets that aren't fit for public consumption. Right, yeah, so kind I, of I'd like a scroll uh, napkin, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd I, need to kind of get that to, to our guys in brand to, to create some nice marketable assets uh, and and give it, and maybe release it in a, in a blog format. Um, that would be so uh, awesome. Uh, again, that, ne- that mm. then needs to go through our, our approval process. So, I, I, there's certainly a desire from me to do that. It, it's just... It, <laughs> resource issue if we do that we can't do something else so right um 
let's let's say hopefully yeah maybe <laughs> one day would be cool if it happens yes um yeah i, I know you've asked me about this several times yeah. <laughs> um and you've been asking about um like doing the language chat with you like we're doing now and i kept right, saying yep. oh, old <laughs> i couldn't tell you why but it's hopefully yeah. it's obvious now because yeah. i'm working on i've been i've been pestering andy about language stuff i think it's been like two years <laughs> it's just been like he's like you'll see why you'll see why not yet it's like all right <laughs> i'll be back <laughs> Um, so speaking of Zeraz, so we know like Chaos Wars are throwing around uh, Zeraz a little lot, but kind of within the, the Chaos Wars roster, are there any other groups that speak Zeraz whether it's like the Hobgoblins or even the Kadai? Like the Kadai, they kind of seem more like creatures that would just scream at you. I don't, I, I don't think I would necessarily expect them to even be able to talk, but Hobgoblins definitely talk. So uh, what, what kind of about like the other little creatures running around in the Chaos Wars roster? Uh, yeah. I, I think you, again you're spot on. Uh, the Kadai, they're, they're kind of trapped demons. I, I'm not even sure their their demon essence is even sentient to what what they are or what they were when they were in the realm of chaos. Mm. So so yeah, they're more kind of what we call sound designed, more kind of creatures. Um, uh, the hobgoblins they they speak Zaralid, uh, Zarazalid, because uh, that's that's the language. Uh, of of where they are mm. um and you know they want to impress their masters little treacherous gits that they are <laughs> right um so so they sp- they certainly speak as uh as um and and kind of lord it over their, their unfortunate kind of cousins uh who they order and shackle uh, around they man, they they do so enjoy being the top dog of the not at all being treated well group. <laughs> despicable, despicable. They really are. Um, so uh, would kind of picking your brain a little bit about this. Would you say that maybe there are any other like of the races that we all like know and love? Um, where, are there any others that you say would probably be likely to understand and speak Zarezalid as far as like, uh, maybe like a good idea would be like the Hobgoblin Khanates, uh, who send the Wolf Riders. Cause like the Wolf Scouts, um, for those unaware, which is why they look so different in the roster. Uh, the Wolf Raiders are not actually kind of your traditional slave Hobgoblins. They're kind of regular Hobgoblins, um, that come in on their Wolf Riders, which is why they have like the, that really awesome armor, uh, with like the little scales and stuff. Um, or even the ogres. So we know there's like some ogre tribes that kind of consider the chaos horse to be allies. The iron skin tribe is known for, they get a lot of their guns and stuff from trading with the chaos dwarves. Well, would you say it's safe to say they speak Zerazalid or do the chaos horse kind of keep a tight lid on their own tongue? I, I would say that they, they would speak Zerazalid, uh, or even like a basic rudimentary version Mm. of it. Not sure how many languages an ogre can keep in his head. I can't um, imagine a ton. <laughs> yeah, but they—they've probably picked up, you know, some f- broken bits and words enough to communicate. I—I I view it through the frame of of you know, the—is it cool? Does it work? Right. If, mm. if this was a Hollywood movie, um, would the script go better if if the ogres could if the ogre who's talking to the ghost dwarf could could speak Zarazalid? And, and the, probably the answer is yes. And awesome. the same reason, right, that the Carnate would probably speak it as well because they're sharing the lands. Uh, but mm. they're, they're certainly close to each other and they would need to communicate 
uh, rather than spend 10 minutes kind of trying to work out how <laughs> using semaphore or right. something, how to communicate, you know. Well, if you were I... writing the screenplay of the movie of that confrontation, you'd probably just have them using mm. one shared language. Yeah, and I'm sure for the chaos source, they prefer like, no, you you come to me. You you figure out yeah. what I'm saying. I'm not going to learn your nonsense. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, rather than containing the language, they they probably just ex- expect everyone to speak theirs. Awesome. And uh, kind of the, the last question I've got on you as we're kind of coming up on time here. Um, is there any like kind of magical or sinister properties to fire tongue as far as would it be the language used by the, or I don't know if they would use specifically dark tongue. Uh, well, like when you have like a demon Smith who's commanding the Kadai, you know, he's ordering them forward or they're commanding the demon engines, these machines that they've bound the demons in. So they can't refuse what the chaos dwarfs are demanding of them. Um, is that something that may be carried in the language of Zarazalid, kind of almost like these words of power to dominate other things? Or would they use like a different, like more traditional dark tongue in those instances? I I think it would certainly revert more to the, the, the kind of the dark tongue end of Zarazalid, mm-hmm. but almost like how like dwarfs of, of kind of uh, kind of fashion runes in, in into into items and stuff right um i almost like to think that you know the the, the cast dwarfs are doing that too but with the language as well so so bringing in these these kind of dark tongue words and kind of fortifying that, it, it okay almost kind of magical grammar that makes sense because and uh we see on on the kadai and the kadai destroyer y'all there's actually dark tongue runes uh carved mm. in on all those armor plates that keep them bound yeah absolutely awesome that is super cool uh well this was great um zarazalid i i don't think a lot of people realize how exciting of a development this is uh there really hasn't been any real expansion on the language outside of total war i mean the the total war games have like between total war 2 really hammering in on the lizardmen and dark tongue being very heavily hammered in with the or beast tongue i should say being heavily hammered in in warhammer 1 um, y'all have put in so much work on expanding a lot of the spoken languages of these races. Cause you know, it was just like script, but, uh, other than like maybe a key phrase in a black library book, you wouldn't really get to see or mess with it too much. Um, so the fact that y'all have not only been taking languages we know and love and like bringing those to life, but now you're even forging into new territories is just amazing. Um, though I'm sure it's a lot of work. <laughs> It was a lot of work, but uh, hopefully people enjoy it and they don't just wish they were speaking English after all. <laughs> that's my fear. Uh, hey, that's what subtitles are for. And we've yeah. got those already built in for them. Uh, well, Andy, thank you so much uh, for taking the time out of your day. I'm sure things are insanely busy right now as we're building up to the Chaos Dwarf release. So I just want to say it's it's out always just such an honor to get to chat with you about this stuff. Um, like you, You've been such a massive foundational figure in like not only keeping warhammer alive uh when it was kind of uh you know in the hospital bed after all the end time stuff but you know we're heading into this crazy new golden age of i'm literally i mean i'm sitting down every week and we got like things flying in from games workshop for the old world and like we've got all these crazy new book releases for like the role play game and all this stuff and you were such a pivotal piece of that of like kind of 
being that bridge. No, like it's 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 important for people to know this kind of stuff. So thank you so much for just all the uh, amazing work you've put into not only keeping the universe breathing but expanding. And like, man, we're like we're going into another golden age, and it's it's so amazing to get to see it. I'm uh, just a white dwarf writer that got lucky. Well, you you know, so it's, I'm glad you didn't just coast on that luckiness, and you've done some really amazing things with it. Well, thank you very much. Um, you know, it's always a labor of love. I love this world, uh, and yeah, I'm fortunate enough to have a job I really enjoy, and you know, it's great. It's a great team. I do have I one last question for you which is completely unrelated so a lot of people may not know this but you were actually pretty instrumental and important in another warhammer ip being blood bowl um yes and so what so with kind of like blood bowl also having a lot of really cool resurgences in recent times what is your favorite team is i just have to know this for my own personal reasons like if someone was like you have to pick one team you get everybody but you get one team to play a new season with who are you going with well, it, it probably shocking actually because I've got my it's my human team which are just over there, uh, mm-hmm. the 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 marauders there. Um, yeah, I I've a, I have a Skaven team, obviously well known <laughs> yeah. Skaven player, mm. but but I've always just liked the flexibility of the human team, and you know uh, I, I wrote some bold uh, fiction uh, for Black Library. Uh, and it's always been kind of focused around, you know, Griff, the Reichland Reavers and Griff Oberwald mm. uh, and, and and the Marauders and stuff. The beloved uh, everyman, Griff Oberwald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he, has, yeah. He, he has some really hilarious commercials. I think in there. The new, yep, Death on the Pitch, yep. Great yeah, book. Yeah. I've got two stories in there. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I am a, a Blood Bowl fan. Of course, uh, it's something Jervis always used to say to me, he goes, uh, people think Blood Bowl's in the Warhammer world. It's not in the Warhammer no. world. Because <laughs> in the Blood Bowl world, they've got television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do have Midden Ball <laughs> in the Warhammer world. That's as far as that goes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you again so much for coming on. Uh, really appreciate you spending time with us. And uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for watching, everybody. And uh, any kind of closing thoughts, Andy? Uh, nope. Enjoy Cast Dwarfs. And I'll, I'll see you on the battlefields. Yep. Can't wait. Uh, Thank you all so much for watching, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.